Hello, my friends. This is April 8, and I welcome you to my Songs and Stories podcast. Today's story is called Under the Great Willow Tree. It's episode 11. Now, I like to start out all of my stories with a special little song that goes like this. Oh, ye time-bound travelers, lay down your cares and rest your bones, and I'll tell you a fairy tale that I have come to know. And now it's time for our story. Episode 11 under the great willow tree. Now, here we are in season two. Oh, I can't tell you how much I missed you. And I'm so excited now to tell you my first tale of this new season. It begins with the ending. Isn't that funny? So here's how we go. Liliana heard her dad calling out for them. Liliana, Josh, come back here, kids. Where are you two? And what are you up to? I can't even see you. Liliana couldn't believe that her dad was calling them back so soon. She had forgotten entirely about him. (laughs) Liliana had been skipping stones across Wild Cat Creek. There were wonderful rocks that led just like a path out into the water so that she could stand on the biggest rock that sat right in the middle of the creek where the water was rushing all around. And from this perch, she could skip her carefully chosen stones across the cool, clear pool that her dad liked to call the old swimming hole. Liliana wasn't ready to swim there just yet, but skipping rocks was fun. Now, do you know how to skip a rock? Well, first you need to find a nice flat stone, one that has had water running over it for a long time, so it's smooth and wide and can just glide across the top of the water and skip. And then you stand yourself sideways to the water and you hold the rock in your hand and you give it a good little flick of the wrist and you aim straight. And pretty soon, with some practice on your part, the rock will just go skipping across the top of the water over the top of the creek or a lake two or three times or more. I think my big brother James got one to skip ten times once. And my dad, he could do a million Well, we used to go to Wildcat Creek all the time when I was little, back on a lazy, late Sunday afternoon. But for now, this story is about a late and lazy Sunday afternoon with our new friends, Liliana and Josh. Now, along the edge of the creek, Liliana's little brother, Josh, was watching the minnows swim in the shallow pools. The tiny fish would dart away every time he stuck his finger into the water. But then Josh would hold really, really still. And once the minnows got used to his finger being there, they would grow brave enough to come back and nibble on it. And he would squeal with delight. It was tickly. Liliana was still working on her rock skipping skills. She'd had quite a few rocks just go plonk right into the water. 
She'd just found the perfect rock. It was smooth and almost round, light and flat, and she was getting herself in the perfect position for a great rock skip when all of a sudden, Josh let out a little shriek. Are you okay? Liliana shouted as she looked over. Look at that giant frog, said Josh, wiping water from his face as he jumped up to chase a rather large bullfrog who had hopped right into his lap and then into the pool of water he'd been playing in with the minnows and then right off again on his way to who knows where. He's so cool, shouted Josh. Gosh, be careful, Liliana shouted behind him, and they both raced behind the biggest frog either of them had ever seen. He was as green as the mossy bottoms of the rocks in the creek, with brown spots like sunlight dappling along the water. They could barely keep track of him as he took his wild frog leaps across the rocks at the edge of the creek. Do you think Dad would let us take him home? said Josh, making a futile grab for the quick and slippery jumper. The siblings followed over rock and around trees until the frog leapt under a willow tree whose long, gentle branches arched gracefully over to let her leaves dangle into the meandering creek waters, sending gentle ripples out across the stream. Darting under the tree, Josh stopped suddenly, and Liliana bumped right into his back. She looked over the top of his head to see something that made her squint. And then she rubbed her eyes. And then she blinked. And then she gasped. And she grabbed Josh's hand. For under the arching branches of this great willow tree, hidden from the whole world around them and everything that Liliana and Josh knew, there stood an enchanted circle of fairies. A fairy ring, you might say, or a fairy gathering. As soon as Liliana realized that they were surrounded by fairies, why, what should happen but all the fairies disappeared? What? Liliana looked at Josh, and Josh looked at Liliana. Did you see what I saw? Did you see what I saw? Wasn't there just a whole ring of them? Um, well, Liliana started to wonder if she sounded crazy. Fairies, said Josh breathlessly. Yes, a whole ring of fairies. You saw them too, right? Liliana was so relieved. But where did they go? They were here and then they were gone just like that, said Josh. He tried to snap his fingers, but he hadn't quite gotten the hang of finger snapping yet. I wonder, said Liliana. What, said Josh. Liliana cleared her throat, <clears> throat> took a deep breath, and then, speaking in her most respectful voice, she said, Dear fairies, my brother and I would never do any harm to you. We are good kids, at least we try to be, and we believe in you in everything. Right, Josh? And Josh said, uh, uh, yeah, we do. He wondered what in the world they were doing, talking to the empty space under a willow tree, 
but he followed his big sister's lead or she would be mad at him all the way home in the car. The children stood there quietly, almost holding their breath. And suddenly, out of the corner of their eyes, they saw a little shimmer, just the tiniest glimmer of something. And as they turned to look, more shimmers and glimmers appeared. And then, once again, all that had vanished gently reappeared right before their eyes. For the fairies have all sorts of ancient magic, and one of them is, if they don't want you to see them, you can't. That is really the simplest of fairy magic that there is. Sometimes, of course, there are fairies right in front of someone, and the fairies don't even have to disappear at all because the person can't see them because he's not looking for them. Or some say that they just don't believe in fairies at all. Poor things. And so, of course, why would they be able to see them? They wouldn't, would they? It's a funny thing. We all see what we expect to see, even when something different is right in front of us. Have you ever lost a sock and you call out, Mom, I can't find my other sock. And then your mom walks right into your room and she says, Why, it's right here, dear. And indeed, it is right there. And it was right there all along, but you just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how fairies often go unnoticed. And now that you know, you can keep your eyes open, my friends. And who knows what you might find? If not a fairy, then perhaps the bullfrog that Liliana and Josh had been chasing let out a big, loud ribbit that made everyone, child and fairy, laugh. A dashing fairy with a crown upon his head stepped out of the circle and gave a solemn bow. Hello, children. I am the fairy prince, and this is my court of friends and family, honored guests and dusty travelers. We welcome you, if welcome is what you'd like to be, and we ask that you sit quietly and share in a story with us. We were just about to begin. And may I introduce to you a fairy who needs no introduction. And then the fairy prince sat down. Isn't he going to introduce him? asked Josh. He said he didn't need an introduction, so uh, I guess not, said Liliana. Shh, she said, poking Josh in the ribs with her elbow. This must be him. A tiny fairy with a rather large yellow feathered hat and a bright wooden lute that hung across his wee shoulders, pushed his way out of the circle. He looked up at Liliana and Josh and spoke to the whole enchanted crowd in a voice high and clear. Dear children, you have wandered into my tale, a tale so ancient, so delightful, so wonderful that we've gathered here under this great willow on the eve of autumn to hear it told as it has been told for thousands of years. You are lucky enough to have a guest with you this afternoon, a bard among bards, a 
tale teller of tale tellers, a fairy known far and wide, wide and far, round and about, and often to the regions of nether, never before land, of imagination and wonder, wonder and wisdom, lost to no one, and no one lost, and that, my dear children, is me. Me, me, me. I am the bard of fairyland. Oh, my, said Lillian. Um, thanks, said Josh, trying to be appropriate. Oh, yes, thank you, said Liliana. She'd never heard anyone talk like this in her entire life. The bard of Fairyland spoke again. And now my tale I shall tell to you, both ancient and wise. He turned the full circle of fairies and children and frog, and he smiled upon them. And then he began his tale. <clears throat> Out in the feathers of a far-off place, in the bygone days of before, or perhaps it is happening right now, there stood a gleaming palace made of crystal and light, sapphire and emeralds, and the dreams of the citizens of the kingdom. Snip, snap, snout. For today, my tale is all told out. Come back next week and I'll tell you more of the tale under the great willow tree. Thank you for listening to the April 8 Songs and Stories podcast. For more April 8 stories, illustration, crafts, videos, and ideas for cultivating joyful, thoughtful children, come on over to april8.com. This week I posted my family's favorite healthy banana bread recipe. It is really yummy. You can also follow me and my dog, Roxy, on Instagram and Twitter at April 8 Music. And of course, there's always Facebook. Facebook.com slash April 8, and that's E-I-G-H-T. Until we meet again, remember, I love you, and you are wonderful, just as you are right now.